Hey, good morning. It's Ken Walls. Welcome to Breakthrough Walls. Sorry, we had a little hiccup there with me uh, starting the video. But uh, hey, today I have a very, very dear friend of mine on the show. Her name is Leilani Moore. And I would like to go ahead and bring her on. Leilani, welcome to the show. Good morning from sunny Beverly Hills, California. <laughs> love it, love it. I've only been to the Beverly Hills one time in my life. <laughs> and Hi. I didn't even see you. I know, right? What is up with that? that? <laughs> what is up with that? So, um, you know, I, I created this show to um, help people have a breakthrough. And I was talking to my way smarter wife. Um, she's way smarter than me. And, and I said, you know, I really think I want to do a show um, to help people get unstuck. And so we yeah. talked about it. And she goes, why don't you call it Breakthrough Walls? <laughs> and I'm like, Love wow, that. <laughs> that, that's got a nice little ring to it. So um, this show is about helping people get unstuck. And and. <laughs> that's okay it's coming over that's the fax we'll be good <laughs> oh you have a fax machine i i haven't yeah. i haven't seen a fax machine in a long time so um so with the you know the show is a is it's literally about people telling their stories to inspire other people to get unstuck and and so um let's start with where you were born and raised I, Ken, was born and raised in Los Angeles, California. Uh, I am the youngest of three, um, two brothers, not two brothers, one brother and one sister. And um, we had an opportunity just to uh, grow. Um, my parents are great. I, I think for the most part, um, being in L.A. and growing up here is different. Like most people, when they meet me, they're thinking, oh, you're from L.A.? And I say, yes, I'm from L.A., born and raised. Because I think there's a, a stigmatism for people that live here in Los Angeles. But um, I always tell people I'm one of the realest persons that you will ever meet from Los Angeles. Uh, you know, they kind of tag us plastic land. But in actuality, there's some really cool people here. So the, what's this? You said there's a, a stigmatism? Yeah, I mean, I think people, so many people flock here and come to be successful, um, want to get into the um, music industry, or they want to be an actor. Everybody's a model or an actor. Yeah. Um, and I think that what ends up happening is because there's so many different people coming here that it's hard to really get a good feel about the people that are already living here in Los Angeles. So I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Gotta really sort through everything to find the real people. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, I mean, I didn't, um, I, I, I was there one day, <laughs> so I'm, that's my only trip to LA ever. Like is that one time? And, and I, I mean, I just, I was more like, um, like, wow, this is so, you know, like, I, I just thought it was cool seeing everything that I'd seen on TV forever. Right. And it's yes. like, oh my God, there's there's Hollywood, but you know, it's just it's crazy. So, um, so growing up in and did you grow up in Beverly Hills or did you grow up somewhere else in L.A.? I actually grew up in Hollywood. Okay. Um, uh, my parents moved to Hollywood when when I was seven. Okay. Um, actually, we still have the same house. Um, so it's been forty something years, telling my age. Um, <laughs> so I got the opportunity to grow up in Hollywood, but at the same time, I went to school in North Hollywood, which is kind of in the valley. It's over the hill. Okay. So 
in a sense, I'm, I was kind of like a valley girl, as they call us, because <laughs> I went to school in the valley. And then, but also had that opportunity to still live and do things in Hollywood and then in the Bar- Beverly Hills area as well. So, so so you were like one of those girls that were like, oh, like gag me with a spoon. God, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that so, was that was us back in the day. Yes. Yeah. So I had a chance to actually uh do a little bit of both, which was was interesting. Yeah. So so um so you grew up in a in a wealthy family? Um, yeah, I would basically say I was very blessed because um my parents were both very big on education. Um they started out as teachers and eventually became principal and then administrators. But at the same time, when I was very little and I was only a few years old, my parents started buying real estate. So um, I've been blessed because my family showed me the importance of working hard. But also I saw the entrepreneur side at an early age. Yeah. So I would say starting from probably around age 12, some of my Saturdays were spent um, either washing walls or painting or doing whatever I needed to do to help my family um, run this business. Yeah. So, you know, so that was one thing that was really amazing because it had gave me that opportunity. Wow. So, um, so you started you but you so you started working kind of in the family business at a very young age. Yes. Yes. My Saturday Saturdays were spent sometimes that way, and then when I actually got to high school and then to college. I actually moved into one of my parents' buildings and kind of started doing property management. Oh, wow. <laughs> the property management was basically just collecting checks, like the tenants would bring checks to my door, which was kind of cool because I, you know, kind of fantasized like, wow, <laughs> this is my money. You know? Right, right. And, um, but the great part about that was that I also had an opportunity to start thinking more like an entrepreneur. So right, right. I would say while I was going to college, and I decided, okay, because I was really big in computers. So I decided that, oh, okay, well, I could probably help my mom and dad out. So I started my own painting and hardwood floors business. Wow. So that way what I could do is I could save my parents, of course, money because they wouldn't have to pay these other people. And then I could, they could pay me on time but actually get the units rented. So I taught my, I already knew how to paint, so, but I basically taught myself how to do hardwood floors to refinish. Oh my gosh. Are you serious? Wow. Wow. So, so you, um, and that was like, it sounds like you were pretty young. Yeah, I was about 22. Wow. Good for you. Yeah, I was 22 and just had been recently married and then I had a daughter. So there was all these other things. It's like, okay, got to really like do the school thing, but also, you know, be this entrepreneur. So I kind of started off at an early age and I did it for probably a few years off and on. Uh, and then I got hired on at the post office. So and wow. um, so I started working at the post office, but I was still kind of doing the property management and then on the side, still sanding floors and painting. Wow. So, like so did, did you like after, so you, did you graduate high school in, in North Hollywood then? Yes. Okay. Yes. I graduated from North Hollywood and I started, um, I went to college at Santa Monica college, which is, which is a very popular junior college here in Los Angeles. Okay. And, um, and I was also doing um, computer. I was very good with computers, so I was thinking I was going to be an analyst. <laughs> I was go figure. But um, I just was, you know, juggling everything because I had a daughter. Yeah. You know, I was helping my parents with the business, and then you know, when I started working for the post office, I did it for about six years, and um, I could just tell Ken that that wasn't. It really wasn't for me. And wow. in 1999, I, you know, had a conversation with my grandparents and I said, we well, you know what, I think that I'm going to quit my job at the post office. I think I want to just go to school full time and, you know, do this entrepreneur thing. Yeah. So this, okay, that, that's great. You could do that. Unfortunately, both of my grandparents passed away in 99. My grandfather oh. in January and then my grandmother in December. And I, ret- I, I quit my job in like July of 99. So that was a really, a really big time for me. But 
That was the last time that I had a W two, nineteen ninety nine. Wow, look at you. So so you so you um I'm trying to put this this so you went to you went to college in Santa Monica? Yes. Okay. I went to Santa Monica College. I took some courses at USC, which is one of my favorite schools. Uh-huh. And then I finally while I'm still going to school and doing all these things, I finally got my degree at CSUN, which is Cal State University Northridge. Wow. And that was in that was in two thousand ten. So I oh, wow. it was still like juggling <laughs> like wow. so many Yeah. So, so you were on the, the ten year plan. <laughs> or, I was on the or get so. it finish it plan. Yeah, yeah, right, right. So so what's your degree in? I have it in I'm um, actually in liberal arts. Oh, nice. It's back there behind you. Right there. Uh-huh. Nice. From, you know, because in between with doing the property management, I was taking courses. I took an entrepreneurship um, course at UCLA. So I was still just getting new things and learning more things along the way as far as the business is concerned, which was which was very exciting. Right. So, um, and and I've been to, I went to the Santa Monica Pier. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Lovely there. It's the yeah. best place ever. They it's actually really cool. It. Yeah, because uh, many about ten or fifteen years ago, we had a really bad storm, so they rebuilt it. So it's it's oh. really nice now. Yeah, because it was damaged from one of the one of our storms. Yeah, that's that's as far as we went. We went down to Santa Monica, and and went to the pier. And I'm like, oh my god, didn't Cheryl Crow sing about this? And, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and so. So we we had dinner on. There's a restaurant all the way at the end of the pier. We had dinner there and looked out over the ocean. It, it's it's beautiful, but yes. so so here you are in your um, early twenties. You're going to college. You have a daughter. You're newly married, and you're sanding floors. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no more calluses. They're gone. <laughs> uh, right. So I, you. Wow. So you you got a lot. Um, <laughs> somebody, Eric Cornelius, who's always, he's like, everybody has a bookshelf. I need one. Wow. So, so, um, so you, you, uh, okay, I'm trying to piece all this together. So you have a daughter, you have um, this new marriage, you got a lot going on. A lot, yeah. right? Yeah. So what um, what happened next in your in your journey? Well, I kind of skipped some things in between when I jumped to the 2010. Um, I actually got remarried in 2004. Oh wow! Uh, although I had a lot of um, challenges because my first child, my daughter, has Crohn's disease, so. Um, anyone that's familiar with Crohn's disease, it's, you know, it deals with your digestive tract. And um, at an early age, I had to make some real life changing decisions for her, which was very hard for me because, um, she was going to have to have infusions and she was only about nine or 10 years old. And they were saying she needed to use these, these, uh, infusions, but they hadn't been really been used with children. They had only been done with adults. So they're, this nervousness there. So I was kind of dealing with that um, for quite a while, but uh, needless to say, she's healthy and she's, she's doing well. Um, But before that I had eventually in 2004 got remarried and uh, had my son in 2006. Wow. Kids. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Okay. So I kind of skipped on that. All right. All right. All right. (laughs) So, so, but I, I'm curious, you know, along the way, because I mean, look, everybody knows that LA is is where where you go if you want to be a movie star, um, or you want to get into music, or you know, like it's it's the the kind of the mecca for for um, at, at least the the movie industry, um, so or the you know TV and film. But did you ever have any aspirations about doing any of that uh i actually because i'm so tall ken when i was very when i was about 14 years old i started modeling actually um i modeled for about three or four years but 
I got out of it because I, okay, don't hate me for this, but I have a brain. And (laughs) they didn't treat you like you had a brain. Right. You know, Um, I had done some work and, but I just felt like I, I wanted to be treated like I was a real whole person. I mean, I think it's a little, I hope it's more different now, a little different. But at that time, um, this would have been the early 80s. This would have been 83 to 87. Yeah. No, they didn't have much respect for us. Was, um, you were basically an object. And, and that just wasn't going to work for me. So yeah, if something no. doesn't jive with me, it's like, I'm done. I can't do it. Yeah, so, no, no, I, I get that. So yeah. what what are some of the along the way, though? I mean, because, you know, I, I know you pretty well. You're a good friend of mine. We've had some some really in-depth, long, in-depth conversations. And, um, you know, along the way, what are some of the, the you know, challenges or obstacles that you've faced that that you were like, oh, God, I'm not getting through this. Like, what what are some of the things that you faced that, that you had to figure out a way to get through it? Well, I would say the first thing was the issue with my daughter, um, the challenge with her, um, illness, because I, I, you know, I'd always been very healthy. This was something that I wasn't familiar with. And, um, when I actually had my daughter, she was actually a preemie. She was actually, um, born at 28 weeks and she only weighed 2.2 pounds. So she had a lot of work to do. Um, so when she was born, like a month later, we had the, the Northridge earthquake and my daughter was still in the hospital. Oh, wow. Uh, that was a challenge because, you know, I, you know, when the earthquake happened, there's everything was falling apart. Even the freeway next to the hospital had fallen. Wow. So I was a nervous wreck until I got to that hospital. So I saw my daughter and, um, just that. I think when I look back now, that was the beginning of some challenges that was, I was actually going to have to face and get through. Um, my mom was always the type of person where she would say, and God rest her soul, um, you know, sometimes things are going to happen to you, um, for you to learn. Sometimes you really have to look and see, okay, well, what am I supposed to learn from this situation as opposed to just diving in? And so for many years, that's what I would do. I would more so just dive into something, not really seeing what the message is. Right. I would say with my challenges, learning over time that don't really look at it as a challenge. Just look and see what is the lesson that I'm supposed to be learning from that so that I could step back and really focus and then push myself, you know, through that. Sure. Um, Sure. I think for me, a lot of my challenges, I think that my mindset has always been that I had to do so many different things. I didn't realize it when I. When I worked at the post office, I had a job where I had actually five jobs, like five <laughs> different jobs. Wow. So, um, when I first, when I first signed up, they had this job that post that came up and I was like, Oh my gosh, I need regular hours. It was bankers hours. I said, I don't care what the job says. I want it. I didn't even read. The, <laughs> I didn't even read to know exactly what I needed to do. Wow. So, job, but finding out later that I had five jobs, so I was a cashier. I was the P.O. box person. Um, I was the closing supervisor. It was like five different jobs. So wow. I was paid just like someone else that was just a cashier. Yeah. So, you know, over time I realized and understood that, okay, I can have a lot put on me, but at the same time I can manage it. Yeah. And managing is just knowing that if I take my time and look and see what the message is, then I can overcome it. And go through it, and always, and I think for the most part, can just always believe in that um, there's a better place. There's another place that I'm trying to get to, regardless of what my current situation is. Right. I'm looking past that and saying, okay, this is going to be my end result. So as long as I keep taking these steps every day, I'm going to finally reach that end result. If that makes sense. <clears throat> it does, and I, I think that you know, I, and again, I know you pretty well, so I know that you have that that um lioness like i'm i'll do whatever it takes to 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 get get it done and and you know i think along the way you you know and and again i don't know the exact timeline or or age or whatever and that doesn't even really matter that much but 
you know, along the way, I I think in life we all we all get to that place where we we look back and we go, yeah, I was stuck there, and now I know I know why I was stuck. Have you ever had that epiphany? Like you're like, yes. like I, I I get it now. Like I I know why I was stuck there. What are some of the examples you've like looked back and you're like, okay, I I know what kept me stuck. So, <clears throat> and, my, and my famous mentor, Danelle Delgado, I love her so much. She's great. She's um, amazing. She made this statement one time, and we were having a conversation. I'm sure everyone's heard this one before. It's like, the lesson is going to keep repeating itself until you get it. Right. And when I started this entrepreneurial journey, per se, a newer um, journey, <laughs> yeah. with a little more guidance with a mentor and with other um, people that I could come up with, Mm -hmm. Um, I realized that I didn't value myself. I didn't have self-worth. I didn't realize, even though I was juggling and doing all these things, I was so in the moment that I wasn't even realizing how much worth I really did have. And um, so that started with me about a couple of years ago after really soul searching and realizing that, okay, uh, I am this great person. I do have these amazing skills. I can do you know, this, this, that, and the other, just like the next person. Yeah. So I would say for me, that was the first, um, that was the first time that I realized that I needed to deal with that and understand that my worth, I am worth something. And, and, you know, after doing some research and soul searching and, and doing the inner child thing, I, I went back in my childhood and realized where there was a point in time where someone said something to me and it stuck with me. Yeah. I had been carrying that for, 34 years. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. And it how is. it, and how that, that steals from you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. So, and, and, and I'm not saying you're crazy. I'm saying we all go through that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We all have yeah. that happen. Yes. Wow. Um, Lisa Marie Kennedy is on here. She's amazing. Oh, I yeah. love Lisa. Sam McNichol, we have some, at least Caphart, some amazing people. Aww. So, so, so you, um, you've, so you've hit these these obstacles in life, and um, the the biggest thing for you is is you've you've seen where you didn't you just didn't believe in yourself or value yourself enough to push through it or figure it out, right? So. Yeah. So, yeah, and I would say too, another thing that I, another epiphany, epiphany that happened was that I realized that I wasn't putting myself around people that were higher than I was. So I was like putting myself in a comfortable space, but I was never challenging myself to put myself around people that were, you know, higher than I was. So right. then that made it really easy to kind of maneuver because I really didn't feel any pressure. I already felt like I was the big dog. When actually out to you, I really was the puppy. <laughs> right, right, yeah, I get it, and I, yeah. I, I think that you know, and it takes some, it takes some humility to even say, you know, people were higher than I was because you know I've seen some very arrogant people that 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 you know, like look at uh, and you know we'll look at Grant Cardone and go he's no better than I am. Uh, okay, I, I I mean maybe you, you know we're all gonna die and 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 whatever, but like, dude, he's got like half a billion dollars and you don't, <laughs> like so. And I'm not saying that that's the gauge. I'm just saying like there are people that have made it further in life, right? And we've got to learn. And my buddy uh, Chris Saracino, he was on the show. He wrote a book. Um, I have it right here. I think yeah called the theory of five and it's all about surrounding yourself with the right people and and so how how has that played a a, a major role for you in life now i definitely have to talk about that and i definitely have to shout out grant cardone and elena because they are amazing um i've had the opportunity to talk with grant um and as well as elena um and, you know, and that's, of course, through Danelle and through other people that I've known that I had that opportunity. Yeah. And it has really changed my life. Like, 
um, for example, um, they were actually here last year for an event, for the Driven event for yeah. Albert Preciado. Yeah. And um, so I happened to go to the event and I saw Elena and Grant and we were walking and I'll never forget. That was one thing where I, I that was totally like changed my life that day was walking with Elena and Grant. And this was right after the hurricane had happened in Florida. We were chit-chatting and talking and and this was where I was still kind of not really sure of myself. And I said, you know, I really could crush this LA market, you know, um, you know, and I, you know, I said something like to the point where I could really do this market, you know, um, you know, I guess because Grant's not here. Right. I say that while I'm walking next to Grant and the land and Grant, like you could crush it anyway, whether I'm here or not. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. But just, just for him to say that to me, I was like, yeah, like, why are you, why are you still doubting your, your skills? Why right. are you doubting all of the knowledge that you have? Because when I end up talking to people and a lot of people that have networked recently within the last five or six months, they're mesmerized by all the, you know, information that I have and they want to work with me. So, so when you have the opportunity to be around people that are going to support you, it, it makes a world of difference because now when I talk to people, they're like, huh, you talk to who? And I was like, yeah. And I said, and when you, when you put yourself in that space, um, you don't want to not be in that space anymore. You want to make sure that you can still grow and elevate with these other giants. Right. And so that, that is really important. So if you have an opportunity to be around someone that you know is in, then do it. But at the same time, you want to make sure you set yourself apart. Don't be a copycat. Like have something about you that sets you apart from everybody else so that you can elevate at a different level. Amen. Preach it. <laughs> I love that because it, it again, it's true. You know, I, I again, there's so many people that that, you know, don't read books or they don't attend um, events where they can, you know, learn from the greats like Grant Cardone and and, you know, some of these other amazing people. And, and then they they wonder why they stay stuck in life. And, and you know, the greats including Grant Cardone, including Tony Robbins, including all these massive, massive people, like they constantly are learning more and more and more, right? And and I know that, I mean, those books up there behind you are, those, you've read them. And, and I know that about you. I know how you are. So like, you know, as, as you um, have gone through life thus far, um, Looking back over your life, who's the who is the and all the way back into childhood, who's the most influential person um, of your life? Who's influenced you the most to become who you are as an adult? So uh, I would definitely say my parents, my mother and my father. Okay. Um, my mom actually passed away about three and a half years ago, so it's, it was an adjustment for me. But I would say my parents, because um, as my grandmother would always tell my mom when she was young, she was like, baby, don't be common. Don't be, <laughs> Meaning, don't be common. Don't be like everybody else. Be different. Right. Be far. Be different. And my mom was always one to instill that with me, that you can be wh whoever you want to be. It doesn't matter what your skin color is or what gender you are. She's like, nobody's better than you. Right. Nobody's than you and uh and so by working with them and them trusting this business uh with me i you know i didn't realize how much value i was really getting you know from my parents so i i have to definitely say my parents because um they were very um inspirational and at the same time i mean that they were hard on me i mean there was times when i wasn't a good kid in high school <laughs> yeah so, I, you know, but at the same time, I, t I turned out pretty good. You, you know, did. my dad, I think God, he's, he's, he's still alive and his birthday is actually next week. So um, I'm going to say my parents for sure. That's awesome. I know that I wouldn't be on this track if it wasn't for them. And my brother and sister are not in the business. They are traditional nine to fivers. So they don't do the business at all. They don't have any interest in it. And, um, and by being the youngest, that's, I think that's pretty cool. I mean, they're eight and nine years older than I am. So that's pretty amazing, actually. Yeah. 
So, um, so your parents have had the greatest impact in your life. Um, w- like what are, what are some of the greatest values that, um, they instilled in you that, that, that are benefiting you today? Um, well, I know for a fact, the work ethics, Yeah. um, I was very good at the computer. Um, I actually have a side doctorate. <laughs> I helped what? my dad. His, well, I don't really have one, but my dad says I do. I, do. Oh. I helped my dad write his doctorate um, back in 1987. And he's like, oh, my gosh, I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> you have a doctorate. But I, I don't really have one. It's just in spirit. Yeah. But um, I would say for that, they instilled that in me. And also reading, the, um, the importance of reading books. Um, I would say in 2016, when I had the opportunity to attend a Ty Lopez event here in Hollywood. Yeah. Ty Lopez got me on this reading kick where I was just picking up whatever I could find. And I was reading about 12 to 15 books a month. Wow. And, and then making sure that I could instill that information and, and actually use, you know, use it. And that's how I ended up uh, eventually meeting Danelle, which would have been in um, August of 2016. Wow. So, yes, my parents were big on education. They were big on reading. Um, you know, going out for exactly what you want to do and, and, and no limits, right. you know, no limits. That's incredible. That's incredible. So, so you, um, <clears throat> wow. Okay. I'm, I, I'm, I mean, you've just, you've experienced so much and, and again, I know you so well and I, I know like your spirit is, you're just one of the kindest, most loving people that I know on this planet. Uh, I mean, you do. You really genuinely care about other people, and and that's um, that's one of the things I love about you the most. You really do. Yeah. At the end of the day, Ken, like I love people. I want to inspire. I'm, I'm always texting people, sending them messages. Like, are you journaling? Do you journal? You know, say your I am statements. I'm always, always mentoring people, and it just makes me feel happy. It makes me feel good to. Um, spread that love and that energy to other people because, you know, there's not many people that do that in the world. And it's really important if we're going to make a change in this world, everybody has to start caring. Like my parents say, it takes a village. Yeah. That's that's what it comes from for me. My parents show, have shown me it takes a village. And I'm willing to work the village out in every, in every way, shape, or form that I can that I can do it, you know? That's amazing. That's amazing. So um, what are some of the things that you you're doing now what what are you i mean i know you're still still in the real estate business right talk yeah. talk to me about what what's 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 leilani do on a day-to-day basis well i am still doing the property management of um my family's properties yeah i am in the process of also moving them over to a management company because i am focusing more now on buying more real estate and doing investing and doing some development deals with some investors. Mm. So, um, and a little more of asset management rather than property management because um, for my day to day, I was managing 50 units all by myself. And then I was the one that needed to do everything. There is no company. I am the company. So I, you know, was losing a lot of time having to go to meet repairmen and doing all those things. And that's, that's not going to serve me anymore. So right. um, now it's just a matter of finding the right management company to take over the buildings so that I can focus more on the investments. So you're doing, you're doing, uh, I mean, obviously the property management, but you're also doing some real estate investing, real estate investing and asset management. Yes. And asset management is basically just managing the management company because okay. Anyone that knows real estate, or maybe some people don't know, management companies, they will start out with a low monthly percentage of the rents, but yeah. they make their money on the repairs. Wow. And if you don't know how things work, uh, they can get you. So <laughs> yeah. That's where I come in with the asset management and make sure that they are not gaming you. Make sure they're, you know, charging you correctly. I wow. mean, I know it's a business, but... If you don't know any better, they'll just send any number out. And if you don't know how much it costs to paint an apartment or how much to um, snake a drain, um, you could get beat. Right, right. Yeah. So with the um, 
you know, and, and I know you're, aren't you doing some, like, I know you're doing some mentoring and uh, are you doing some coaching as well? I am doing some coaching. It's, it's on a more spiritual aspect, but yes, I am doing some business coaching. Yes. That's awesome. How's that going? Yes. It's going really well. I have a couple of new clients, um, and I'm really excited because I think I have a few more that'll be coming on, um, next month. So I'm really excited about that. That's awesome. So with the, the, you know, the people that reach out to you, I know that people reach out to you. You're a leader and you just have that, that energy. So people are naturally drawn to you. Um, and, and so when, when you, when you get these people that are, um, stuck, like what, what do you think in your opinion, what is the number one thing that keeps people stuck in their stuff so they, they can't move forward, become successful, be happy? What are the, what, what do you think the number one thing is for people? For, and I, and I guess a lot of times it just happens that way because usually whatever your issue is, um, those same people are going to be drawn to you. So a lot of the people that have been drawn to me have issues with self-worth, which was my thing. Um, I don't believe in myself. Um, I, I, I can't do it. You know, I, they can't, you know, a lot of that is happening. And, but of course that makes sense for me because that was my issue. And I didn't, didn't even realize it until I really did the research. So I have a lot of people that are coming to me with that. And that's why I'm very, diligent about checking up on them, making sure, you know, sending little messages and, and it's amazing because they have no idea I'm going to reach out to them. And like, oh my gosh, you don't know that, how that message touched me. I really needed that today. Wow. And I feel like hey, that's my intuition telling me reach out to this person. So, so you, so, so you find that, that a lot of people just don't believe in themselves and you help them reach down in and, and find that figure it out so that they know that they do have value and worth. And a lot of times, and for me, I, I realized that, you know, my second marriage, it was more of a manipulative type relationship. Yeah. And I didn't realize that till I got out of it. Right. Um, and so I think a lot of times, you know, the way our energies work, you're going to like attracts like. So if you're not feeling, you're going to attract that one that's going to, you know, possibly take advantage of you and then make you feel less. Right. Less. So... Yeah. Wow. So you, um, as, as you're doing this thing, I mean, what, what, and, and I don't know if you've ever been, been where I'm getting ready to describe. Um, but you know, I have, I'm, I'm a recovered alcoholic of 16 years. You know, it's like before that, man, I was, I was off the hook. And, mm -hmm. and so, you know, like, have you ever been in a position where, um, you can't pay the electric bill or you, um, can't like, you, you know, you don't know where, like, Oh God, how am I going to feed my kids? Or, or you don't know, um, Oh, there's Deb Ballinger. She just joined us. Hey Deb. I love, I love Deb. She's one of my favorite people in the world too. Um, so like, have you, you know, ever been in that position and, and, and when, have you ever had somebody like reach out to you and say, I don't know what to do. I'm stuck. I can't pay my bills. I can't, you know, blah, 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 blah. Have you ever been there? I have been there, Ken. I have been in situations where, you know, my account, it was, had a lot of numbers in it, but it was a minus in front of it. <laughs> yeah. And, I was thinking to myself, okay, like, and that's where I was saying earlier where sometimes you might be in a situation, but you can't focus so much on that situation right now. You got to keep pushing through because if you sit there and look at it and, you know, you'll end up going down that rabbit hole. Yeah. So you have to try and just know that, okay, I, I see it that way, but I'm, I'm working, I'm doing A, B, C, and D to get me out of that. So yes, I definitely have been in that, in yeah. that space and it is not a comfortable space. And I think that's the amazing thing about being where I am because I've seen both sides of the spectrum. And a lot of it is um, just mindset, too, because on my mom's side of the family, my mom's side of the family, they had money when my mom was young. Yeah. On my dad's side of the family, they did not. Um, my mom's family, my grandmother used to put fruit in my mom's drawers to make their clothes smell good. 
Wow. And she had her own bedroom and everything. But on my dad's side of the family, my dad never had his own bedroom. He never had his own bedroom until he, of course, until he got married. Right, so right. had a chance to see both sides. And um, but I realized that you you can have that scarcity mindset, but you got to think abundance, because if you think so much about the scarcity mindset, you're going to stay in it and you're going to sit in it, which yeah. you know is not fun. Right. So I definitely have been there and I just try and encourage them. And I say, you know, do the best you can, because sometimes. You got to do whatever you got to do to pay the bills. I've been an Uber driver. I'll say it. I don't, I don't have shame. Yeah. Um, I, at the time, that's what I needed. And I was probably making about $700 extra a week. So there's always, know. there's always a way something can mm -hmm. always, always, always be done about your situation. And, and I, and I, I love that about you. And I, I wasn't going to bring up the Uber thing, but I remember you know, and I'm like, you told me about that. I was like, what? And you're like, yeah, I'm just making some extra money and, and stacking cash and getting things. And, and I'm like, that that is, you know, years ago, I was sitting in this friend of mine's office. He was a client of mine. I did his website and stuff. And he he uh, is he's a very wealthy, very, very wealthy um, financial planner. And, and he's like, so how's business? And I go, you know, it's, it's all right. I'm getting by. It's blah, blah, blah. And I started whining a little bit. And he said, dude, there is a guy right here in Columbus, Ohio, that makes a million dollars a year picking up dog shit out of other people's yards. Like, oh. <laughs> I go, what? what? He goes, there, he's picking up dog crap, man. He's making a million dollars a year picking up dog poop. Like, like, there's no excuse for you. Like, I don't want to hear it. Go figure it out, man. Make more calls. Do whatever it takes. But, like, get yourself out of that, that mindset of there's there's limitations. And, and right? And that's right. the biggest. That I think that's one of the biggest challenges people have is there, you know, we, we have this programming from wherever. It doesn't even matter where it's from. It could be parents. It could be siblings teachers whatever but yeah. people get into that mindset of there's limitations to what i can accomplish what i can do um and how much i can accumulate and all of that right Thanks. and you've been there mm -hmm. right? yes i've been there i've been there and then i was just like whoa how did i do that and i said i did it yeah. i was like if i can do this i can get through anything that's it <laughs> that's it and mm -hmm. i've heard grant grant cardone say it like, you know, his his biggest regret in, in life is he didn't think big enough sooner. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So right. once yes. you realize that we're all capable of being billionaires, if you want to be, we're all capable of being unbelievably happy. We're, we're you know, we're all we're all blessed with the same 24 hours every day. Yes. 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 Yeah. I totally believe that. And it's and it's important because you know and and i think too that's for me it's like i've had so many people say oh my god you're so lucky or, or i had some gentleman we were talking and, and i was networking with a couple of people and he was like oh yeah you you're one of those trust babies and i was like excuse me <laughs> <laughs> one of those trust babies i was like no i'm not a trust baby like i've had an opportunity to learn some things but i had to put in the work like i've had like tenants pass away on me i mean or been working till 8 30 or 9 o'clock at night like who does that trust babies don't do that no oh so I, but then i had to reel myself back in ken and i was like okay what do you learn from this statement that this person made right. <laughs> you know and exactly. i had to I reel back and i was like okay all right i get it and i said and i'm fine with it but of course i'm not working with him I, that was the easy yeah. that was an easy decision but you know, because if people have uh, a thought process about you and just assume things about you, that's that's not going to be somebody that that's going to be a good fit for me to work with. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that, again, I, I don't I didn't um, I didn't grow up in, a, in any kind of money at all. And, and all I know is is you, you work if you're going to have it, you got to work and work your butt off for it. And, and, you know, that's, that's one of the things I love about you is you, you're, you just, you just do whatever, whatever it takes to make it, you do that. And, and so, 
Um, I, I know that you've got a lot of things going on, but what, what are your, um, what are your big plans? What's coming up for you? So, um, right now I'm looking at a building because right now the market in LA is like super crazy, super, um, real real estate. You mean the real estate is really, um, I know that, um, Amazon is building one of their headquarters here in LA, in downtown LA. So of course that's going to mean a whole bunch, a whole bunch of jobs. Right. Um, some things that they're doing here because of the metro. Um, so a lot of people are buying up the properties and then tearing the houses down so they can build, you know, big monstrosities. So I've been looking out of the state. I'm looking at a building in Texas that's about 108 units. So I'm looking at that, and then I'm also um, looking at partner, partner doing a partnership with another investor um, who really looks at um, different areas, low income areas where people try and come in and do the whole gentrification thing. Yeah, and stops that. He stops it by going in and actually teaching the homeowners everything that he can teach them so that they can stay in their homes. So I, I'm really excited about partnering with him because. Um, that's given opportunities to people that don't know anything about real estate right. and would like just take the money and then go somewhere else and probably not even know where they could move to. So um, I'm focusing on, on both of those right now and uh, and then doing more with my my spiritual business mentoring, because I think that's going to take me to a, a whole nother level as well. So those are the main things right now that I'm focusing on. And I homeschool my son, too. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Quite a few things. You got a lot going on. A mm-hmm. lot. So, so, um, so you're in in massive expansion mode. Yes. yes. I love that. Yes. Love and eventually, that. I'm going to start doing some triple net properties as well, not just multifamily, because that that has always been my biggest dream. Um, when my parents sold sold this other building back in 2010. We were going to sell that building and buy a triple net property, which is like um, a Walgreens. Like that's my goal to own a Best Buy. So yeah. it's actually not owning the Best Buy; it's just owning the building. Right. Because yes, the triple net properties are amazing. If if people don't know about the triple nets, don't sleep on them. They're they're just as amazing. And then there's no issue with tenants. <laughs> you know, right. they just pay everything. Yes. Right. Right. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, it sounds like um, you, and 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 one of the things uh, again I see, you know, talking when you when you're you're talking about all of the different things that you're doing, um, you really your eyes just lit up when you started talking about helping people, and that's just who you are. Like you, when you're saying, you know, we you know we're going to partner on this and go in and teach homeowners what they need to know because they don't know right now and they could be making a big mistake and 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 you're like uh, like that's what's what's driving you i can see it mhm and that's amazing yeah that's um that's like i said i've just i i know when i was young i said i wanted to be a teacher but i think i'm going to be a teacher but in a different not a teacher in a classroom necessarily a teacher of people a teacher of life a teacher of how you should be living as opposed to how our society is teaching us how to live right because there's a big difference i love it i love (laughs) it so anybody out there watching right now um once this goes out on binge networks tv it it it, it's syndicated out to four or five million people um so anybody that's 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 gonna see this um that you know maybe in in whatever similar situation or maybe they're they're stuck right now and they don't know what to do what's the number one first thing that you could tell them to to help them get through whatever's going on um to help them get unstuck to move them forward in life i would say the first thing they're going to need to do is actually sit down and prioritize like first wait let me take that back. Before you even do that, you need to pray or meditate because it depends on which you prefer. Because Some people don't like to say meditate. So I would say first you need to find you a quiet space and actually take some time to like close your mind off from everything else and really focus and figure out exactly where what it is you want, what it is you need to do and write those things down. 
write those things down and then set, set yourself a plan. Set a plan for you. You know, I do reflection Sundays. On Sundays, I look back of my week to see what I did, to see what worked, what didn't, what do I need to change. And then I start planning for the, you know, the next week. And just, I just set little small things, you know, two or three things each day that I have to do before I go to bed. And if someone starts to have a plan like that, before they know it, they're going to hit their goals like that. And then they're going to be like, oh my gosh, I did that so fast. I should set another goal. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, so like how, how does, uh, you know, everybody watching that's not following you already, um, which I know a lot of people follow you, but how, how, how does everybody find you? How do they follow you? Where, where are you, um, most active? Um, I am, I'm actually really active on my Instagram, uh, three Leilani three, but I also do have my own website, which is LeilaniMoore.com. So they could find me either place or on Facebook. And is all of your social media on your website? Yes. Okay, good, good. So if you're not already following Leilani Moore, follow (laughs) this girl. She is absolutely amazing. We, um, Leilani and I have run into each other several times over the last couple of years. And every time we get a selfie, don't we? Yes. (laughs) Like I've started to walk away. All right. Bye. We'll see you later. And she's like, wait a minute. (laughs) We didn't get a selfie. So Mm -hmm. we, 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 I I don't even know how many selfies I have of you and I, but it's a bunch. So um, I, I love you. You're like a, you're like a a sister to me. I mean, I, I just adore you. I think the world of you. And um, I, I hope I hope a lot of people follow you because I have a feeling there are some really really big things coming for you. Yeah. Oh yes, it is. And I I, I love you to death, Ken. And I can't wait to come and visit because I want to get us a selfie with Jill. Yeah. Uh, add that in there. That's I right. <laughs> come on out. We got room. Come on out and visit. I you know the door is always open. You can come out in the winter and build a snowman. <laughs> my son, that's what I was thinking when I said that. I was like, oh, I don't know. And I know my son will be like, yes. And yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's nice, though. It's it's nice to have 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 the different. Uh, although this past winter, we, you know, we just moved back from Vegas. And I was like, is this winter going to end in Ohio for the love? <laughs> I mean, it was ridiculous, but it, it was nice. It was a nice change. So. Well, Leilani, listen, I appreciate you coming on, taking the time out of your busy schedule and being on, on the show. And, and I, I just, I really appreciate you. I love you. Oh, thank you for having me, Ken. And I hope everybody has a fantastic transformational Tuesday. That's Tuesday. it. That's it. <laughs> and everybody on Facebook, thank you for all of the shares, the loves, the likes, the hearts, the crying, laugh faces, everything. Leilani is literally frozen laughing right now on screen. That's amazing. Um, So listen, I appreciate each and every one of you, and we will see all of you tomorrow. Have a great day.